Hello, everybody. Welcome back to How Come and happy Virgo season to you all. Happy birthday to Ben, whose birthday was August 30th, today, Sunday. Um, So if you're like, this episode didn't come out as early as I'd like, well, blame the man who was born 34 years ago. And also go check out patreon.com slash how come because episodes are always up earlier there. How exciting is that? Very exciting. My birthday is coming up soon, September 9th. How exciting for me. Um, My love language is getting tagged in posts on Instagram and Twitter. So if any of you like to show love in that way, ooh, I'd be so excited to receive it. September 9th. I'll probably be setting a countdown on Instagram just to remind people. Um, Today, we are talking about um, catcalling with Sophie Sandberg from Cat Calls of NYC. There is a trigger warning. We're going to be talking about harassment, um, harassment all the way up. Um, Rape is mentioned. Um, So, I mean, trigger warning. Brace yourselves. Um, I think the episode is super important, though, and I think you're really going to like it. Cat Calls of NYC is a grassroots initiative that uses public chalk art to raise awareness about gender-based street harassment. They get stories from people off the internet um, who write to them. They write out the comments in chalk word for word with the hashtag Stop Street Harassment, um, and they post the images on social media. You should definitely check them out. Um, Their goal is to spur dialogue, provide a platform for story sharing, and promote cultural change. Um, Since Cat Calls of NYC started in March 2016, it has inspired over 150 young activists around the world to start Cat Calls of sites in their cities. Um, And now Cat Calls of NYC makes up part of Chalk Back, a global youth-led movement against gender-based harassment. Um, And we're interviewing Sophie Sandberg. She is a gender justice activist, chalk artist, and founder of Cat Calls of NYC. Um, I met her in New York. We're going to talk about that. Um, and she is great. Her work has been featured in the New York Times, BBC, Cosmopolitan, and NBC. Um, she is a fellow of the Vital Voices and Tresemme Leadership Incubator for Young Women. Uh, she champions local and global efforts to combat gender-based violence through public art, education, and events. Um, so you guys are just, you're going to be obsessed. How come? How come? How come I can't achieve? How come I can't achieve? I'm rolling up my sleeves. I'm rolling up my sleeves. Oh, baby, I believe these guests can help. Cause I can do it by myself. Oh my God. Thank you so much for being here. I feel like like this has been such a long time coming. I'm, I'm so excited. I feel like we've been talking about it for months. Forever. Oh We're finally doing it. Yeah. I literally came upon you in Central Park while writing a quote on the street. I feel like it was like nine months ago at this point. Yeah, I think so. And I just found your podcast like a week before that. So it was such a funny coincidence. So funny. Such a funny coincidence. And like (laughs) I was telling my boyfriend about um, that we were interviewing you today. And I was like, yeah, I met her in the park. I was with Charlotte. And he was like, you were with me. I was like, what? And he's like, I like distinctively remember this. And like, I was with you and like, you went off to talk to her and she knew the podcast. And I was like, yeah. <laughs> that's, that's so funny. Yeah, that yeah. was you. He was chopped liver, I guess. He was not the most important part of the day. <laughs> you were literally like, I don't remember. I wish I could remember the phrase that you wrote on the ground, but it was something disgusting that was said to someone, I think pretty young. And I came up to you and I was like, hey, uh, what are you doing? And you were like, yeah, we have this thing called Cat Calls of NYC. Basically, we just write 
gross things that people have said or I'll let you phrase it. Yeah, no, for sure. I mean, that sounds about right. Something really gross said <laughs> to some, someone really young. Um, yeah. So basically, yeah, Cat Calls of NYC is an Instagram account and initiative to raise awareness about street harassment. Mm-hmm. So we write the word for word quotes of what is said to people. Mm-hmm. We get people to submit via Instagram DM, share their stories, and then we write them with chalk on the streets where they happen. Um, and that's what you ran into in the park. We were having an event actually where lots of yeah. people could share their stories. Yeah. Do you remember the first time that you were catcalled? Because I remember mine so very vividly. Yes. No, definitely. I, I tell this story a lot because it really stuck with me and I'd love to hear yours yeah. too. Um, I was walking to work. It was my first day of work mm-hmm. and I suddenly got out of the subway. I was downtown. I was really excited because it was like my first kind of independent walking experience. I was a teenager. Like 18 or like... Like 15, 14 or 15. Just new working license. Yeah. Workers' papers. Super young. um, You know, super eager and like fresh-faced. And the cat calling started, yeah, it happened on like every block. So that was was like so striking (gasps) to me um, because it felt like on each corner some man would either look me up and down or say like, uh-huh. you're sexy or you're gorgeous. And it was so, it was so bizarre because I felt like already as a 15 year old, I was hearing them as like, okay, these are supposed to be compliments. I'm supposed to want mm-hmm. this type of validation, but then it felt so wrong. It felt so uncomfortable. You know, they were like twice my age. <laughs> um yeah. Yeah. Did you grow up in New York? I did. Yeah. Okay. So it surprises me that it, I mean, I guess it was like the first time you were walking alone. So they felt comfortable saying it to you. But, but my story, I literally, I was walking downtown with my mom. I think we were scouting out places for my bat mitzvah, like venues. Um, I was 12. I was wearing a pair of juicy sweatpants that said juicy on the tush. It was my first pair of tush phrase pants, (laughs) you know, like I was like, oh my God, I'm like, cool. And uh, we were in the West Village and this guy said, Juicy, give me some of that juice. Oh, my God. And my mom turned around and she goes, she's 12. And I go, I'm 13. Which still confused. I'm like, what was I trying to prove? Like, was I hitting on him? I definitely wasn't actually hitting on him back. But I was like definitely making myself seem more available to somebody who just like right talked about my butt like a stranger who talked about my butt you know yeah um and it's it's so ingrained in us like you see catcalling in pop culture and sometimes it's perfectly harmless sometimes those people actually end up talking and it's like Mm -hmm. romantic and it's like a compliment so it's this really confusing especially when you're at an age that like you're developing Mm -hmm. And a lot of us have looked our most awkward most recently, you know, and have just gotten out of it. So we're like, oh, this is validation. Like, I'm not an ugly duckling anymore. Like, I've blossomed. Right. But really, you're getting harassed. Right. No, for sure. That's what's so complicated for young girls, because on one hand, you feel like, oh, this is maybe a compliment. This is something that I should be looking for. Yeah, like some sort of validation. I think that's so funny that you said that I'm 13 um, like. in response. um, yeah, but I feel what like psycho. we're so confused at that moment and we're so lost and the like power imbalance is so strong 
but um, it does mm-hmm. make sense to feel a lot of confusion in the first cat call. Hundred percent. I mean, and I think down the line, the later ones as well. You could still. I remember, like, I used to have a joke early in my stand-up that I was like, "Ugh." cat calling if I ever see a woman get cat called I scream at the man I say don't fucking cat call her I'm standing right here <laughs> got it because you know yeah. they're just like obviously it's like come on like say I'm the cute one and, and it's it's a joke but it's still like it kind of is ingrained in us too that like if you're with a, a group of women mm-hmm. and somebody else gets hit on that isn't you it's like yeah well why aren't I getting harassed right yeah, no, and, and which is fucked up. It's, it's so fucked up. And I think some of the worst moments I've had with women are when women have said, oh, actually, you're lucky that you still get catcalled. Yeah. Or I wish I got that kind of attention from yes. older women, yes. um, both in the comment section on Instagram and like on the streets. And then how do you argue with that? And then some men will say, oh, actually, the occasional woman enjoys it and likes that validation. Mm-hmm. Um, so it can be really tricky to argue with that. Have you ever gotten a DM of some like a relationship that started out of catcalling? Absolutely not. No one has submitted a street harassment story and then said, I have met my partner. But people in the comments, like I think a few times have tried to argue like, oh, my friend met her partner on the street. Okay. Um, Yeah. So so there are a few people who have tried to argue that catcalling is okay because of the the one friend they know who actually did in fact meet their partner Mm -hmm. because of the outlier right right yeah but no I mean no one has ever dm'd us on instagram and said I'm so excited um someone cat called me yeah (laughs) yeah no it never happened Um, that was that used to be a big one I used to use when I was young I used to go has that ever worked on someone yeah you know (laughs) yeah I I love that I think that's great and they they'd usually just not say anything but I I know that you guys sometimes get in trouble when you put up stuff because people are like, this is disgusting. Like, how could you be putting this in public? Yeah, no, for sure. It's funny, actually, because when we ran into each other at Central Park, I don't know if you saw that part, but we did get stopped by the park people. Um, And they were they were upset specifically because we wrote the word boob. Um, He said, you know, like everything else is like kind of okay, but the word boob or boobs, like that's pretty like uh-huh. inappropriate. So, so he was specifically upset by that. Um, so yeah, I mean, what I did in that situation, what I do all the time is just say this was said to someone on the street mm-hmm. in a public place. Mm-hmm. Um, we're documenting it, raising awareness about it, showing everyone else what was said because often it goes unheard. Um, you know, so I explain the mission of the project, but that mm-hmm. doesn't always work. People get so upset by the language, yeah. um, but like they're upset that we're, documenting what's being said they're not upset that this is being said in the first place it doesn't quite register it's like if you guys cared as much about people saying this to actual children like I think I as a parent would prefer to see that phrase in chalk on the street in a context Mm -hmm. of this is something that someone said to someone honey Mm -hmm. um and these people are talking about it because it's wrong and you should never do this. And if somebody ever does this to you, rather than the first time they hear it is out of someone's mouth directed at them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, absolutely. And that's that's part of the goal of the project, letting especially like really young teenage girls know that this is not OK, mm-hmm. because like we talked about, there are so many mixed responses to it. So much yeah. like confused feeling about it. Um, so just really being clear, like, this is not okay. Um, this should not be happening to you. And you have the right to to talk about it and 
to report what was said and share your story and all of that. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, so there's several category, se- uh, several categories of cat calls that are chalked, um, underage, pussy, race, fragile masculinity, um, sexually threatening objectification, um, LGBTQIA plus and school harassment. Um, how long kind of did it take for you to realize that those were the categories? Yeah. I mean, and also I will say that that hasn't been updated recently and I think there okay. could still be many more categories of harassment of that course. are not listed there. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But I mean, I guess the most important thing to recognize is that people are harassed because of different aspects of their identity. So it doesn't just have to do, do with gender. It has to do with age. It has to do with sexuality. It has mm-hmm. to do with race, ethnicity, religion, you know, so on and so forth. People are harassed in different ways depending on their identity. So that's something that I noticed really quickly because people were sending in firsthand stories saying, you know, because I wear a hijab, I am fetishized in this way. Mm -hmm. Um, Or, you know, because I'm 12 years old, guys will say, call me when you're legal. Um, So like stuff like that. Yeah. Um, Yeah. And it becomes clear who faces the harshest harassment based on different aspects of their identity. but yeah, I mean, I think the fragile masculinity one is really interesting because... I was going to say, I haven't really heard that one too much. Really? Okay. Yeah. yeah I mean, I feel like uh, that one I, I normally describe to people as um, when a guy says, you know, hey, can I get your number? And then you don't respond. And he says, uh, well, uh, fuck you anyway, bitch. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Um, of course. Duh. Yeah. I thought, okay. I <laughs> thought it was like people being like, hey, you beta bitch. Like some guy's like holding his girlfriend's purse. And then like some guy like <laughs> harasses them for like being a male feminist. I wish it was that. I really wish it was that. That would be so much better. Yeah. I was like, Ooh, what is that? Is male feminism that popular that, that they're so getting harassed? Yeah, no, that's, but that's they are true. actually, they really are. But that's on like Twitter. a produ- potentially productive conversation. It really is. I'm like, I'm very proud of some of the boys who have come out of the woodwork and you know what I mean? Like it's been nice. Yeah, no, that's amazing. Um, but so when you, when did you start it and what was like your first like oomph that you were like, I have to, I started it in March of 2016 and I actually started it for a class project. So I was at university and I started it for a class. Yeah. Um, it was just like a super broad assignment to immerse ourselves in a topic and document it on social media. Um, so yeah, Uh more than that, the, the inspiration really came from, feeling like it wasn't going to stop happening. Cause like I said, I grew up in New York. It was yeah. happening um, from being like 14 or 15 on and it just never stopped. And I never, yeah. I continued to not know how to respond. I felt like I couldn't say anything back because I was completely uncomfortable and I felt frozen in those moments. And if I did say something back, it would provoke more harassment. Um, mm-hmm. So this felt like a really good way to like find my own voice on the issue and respond for myself all of those times that it had happened to me. Um, mm-hmm. And then also just show a bigger audience that this is this is a big issue because I think a lot of people are still saying catcalling is like on the lower side of important issues like in terms of gender based violence and um, gender based issues um, like people still belittle it as like just words or, or right. not a big deal which, which is like the same conversation as like like rape jokes don't add to rape culture it's like yeah they do right. Unless it's about the rapist, then it's great. Then make that make jokes about rapists all the time, you know, like clown on them. But there is 
a huge intimidation factor in street harassment and a it makes people feel unsafe walking around where they normally like wouldn't think about that on the way to work. Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, it influences every aspect of someone's life, like walking outside. Like if you are a, a woman, a girl, or like someone in the LGBTQ plus community and you're facing harassment, like that, that just affects how you are in public space. That affects your comfort going to like the dry cleaner or like the supermarket. It's just a part of like every day of your life. Yeah. Um, so yeah. Yeah. And people are already thinking about, am I wearing the right thing? little things does it look good does it but then that's coupled up with is it too much is it going to make someone harass me today mm-hmm. right no for sure I mean and there there are literally some cat calls that reference that actually like you're asking for it wearing that skirt mm-hmm. or you know you must want to be like assaulted like types of cat calls like that um that speak about what someone is wearing um as, as and using it as kind of an excuse for the harassment yeah and it- Verbal harassment is real. You know, people don't say physical abuse versus verbal abuse because verbal abuse is any less harmful. People are very psychologically affected by verbal abuse. Right. Um, verbal abuse is very paralyzing. I actually, right. my mom and I took um, a self-defense course when I was like 16 um, and you had to go four hours for six weeks. Super intense. Most of it was physical fighting, but they would always catcall us too in the beginning. Mm-hmm. And my mom couldn't graduate the course because she was so paralyzed by the catcalling in the beginning wow. that she couldn't even get to the fighting level. Wow. And that's a memory that stuck with me. So whenever somebody says like catcalling, oh, it's a compliment or, you know, like. Yeah, I mean, like you say, it's so clearly not a compliment and it is so traumatizing, I think, in many cases and in many ways. So then kind of like. I guess like the gaslighting that goes into people saying like, oh, actually Mm -hmm. it is a compliment um, when those facing the harassment are almost 100 percent always saying this isn't a compliment. This makes me feel unsafe, uncomfortable, um, horrible. Yeah. No. And I know all of like the things you guys write down are submission based and they're from real people who have had real things said to them um, and that you guys saw a major increase in the number of submissions. Um, during the Kavanaugh trials from it was like five a day to 20 a day? Yeah, I mean, both during the Kavanaugh trial and also during just like the Me Too movement in general. I think the more people are talking about sexual harassment, whether it's in the workplace or in school or on the streets, the more people are emboldened to share their own stories Mm -hmm. because they're hearing things that sound familiar and that they have experience with. Um, So then, I mean, it's kind of beautiful because then we all become like a collective voice against something that's impacting so many of us and we're able to raise widespread awareness and, you know, it's, it's great. It's also, Um, it's like a collective realization sometimes because I think so much of us don't realize things were harassment until somebody else says I was harassed in this way. And then you go, Oh, I I always thought that was just a thing that happened to me that like you, you just deal with. Yeah, no, absolutely. So many girls, like young girls who message us on Instagram, they'll even start by saying, I'm not sure if this counts as harassment. I'm not sure if my story could be included in this. I'm not sure if you're going to want to use this for your project. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, because we're all kind of conditioned to think, yeah, this is kind of normal. This is maybe like part of being a girl in school. Um, So yeah, it's, it's really cool to be able to say, no, that is harassment to recognize yourself and someone else's story. Um, yeah, it's a really powerful way to build 
a voice against it. Yeah. If it's something that you're thinking about and it's inappropriate, it counts. Yeah. No, definitely. Yeah. And we tell everyone who wants to submit a story and everyone who has felt like uncomfortable or unsafe, it doesn't so matter what was said. It could be something like, hello, beautiful or Mm -hmm. sexy or whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, And it can still be harassment based on the situation, you know, how it was said, tone of voice and all of that. Um, So yeah, I think telling people that everything counts. It's it's really um, important. I was living with my grandmother in New York for like the last three years. And my grandmother uh, is in a doorman building and she is one of these doormen that's like, he's always been like super close with the family and like he calls my aunt gorgeous and stuff and she's cool with it. And she's always been cool with it. Um, and him and I, I've always really, really liked him. But then there was a day that he called me gorgeous that like I had dressed up and I know it was meant to be nice but I didn't want to talk to him for like a month because it made me mm-hmm. feel different. Like I felt like now our relationship is different. It used to be friendly and now I've now worn a skirt in front of you. So I feel like if I'm showing my legs, are you going to look at me in a different way? Um, mm-hmm. And also when I look ugly, are you not going to cat call? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> now do I have to blow dry my hair every day? <laughs> Exactly. But but yeah, also like the problem is in that situation, I imagine you didn't feel comfortable like responding to him and saying like, hey, that makes me uncomfortable. I didn't. And that could have maybe like I didn't solved things and, and made, you know, clarified things for the future. But it, I think it's so hard to assert that like, hey, that actually crossed a line that wasn't cool. I know you tell my grandmother she's yeah. gorgeous, but but you know, don't um, don't say that to me like like that could clarify things. But I think there's like a no I think what I did was like I was it was like very sullen teenager I was just like really really you're gonna say that to me like under my breath like while walking away it was very mature but every response is super valid (laughs) thank you because I yeah I think so too um oh is she not the best sorry I'm just popping in because like I literally I think about that interaction a lot I think about all my interactions and I'm like is that valid is it not if you guys are having those moments like I feel like it's kind of a moment um a large portion of the incidents of harassment reported to you guys are um incidents in school harassment can we kind of elaborate on that and how it's reinforced by maybe the institutions themselves yeah sure um okay cool so it started. we started the school harassment series because a lot of students were messaging us saying this didn't happen on the streets. It happened in my hallway. It happened in the classroom. A teacher told me mm-hmm. this. My principal told me this. Um, and I think what's really interesting about school harassment is that it's a lot of similar comments like, um, you know, mostly young boys telling their female peers um, you know, like sexual stuff about their bodies, um, mm-hmm. inappropriate stuff like that. Um, I mean, there was one story that I thought was kind of striking where a male student was um, like masturbating under the table um, and showing his female peer. Mm-hmm. And then she went to the principal or a teacher um, and the teacher said, you know, boys will be boys this happens oh my god so stuff like that I think is really yeah like it it is being enforced by the teachers and by the principal that actually this is kind of normal you've got to let 
boys express mm-hmm. sexual feelings. Um, mm-hmm. So I think, yeah, that can be really disturbing. And then the girls will like submit the story to us and say, you know, this happened. And then my teacher said, boys will be boys. Um, and it's cool that we can share those stories, but then yeah, also and then you that- blow them up. <laughs> online. <laughs> yeah, no, and it's it's funny too, actually, because one time um, a principal kind of uh, I think said to a student, "The bigger the hoop, the bigger the hoe." Um, <gasps> yeah, um, and and one of our chalkers from Cat Calls of NYC went to the school because it was in New York. It was Forest Hills High School, uh-huh. and this was kind of written about um, in a few newspapers too. Um, but one of our team members went outside of the school and wrote down what he said and attributed it to the principal. And they were really not happy about that. Actually, wow. they, they, yeah, they called the police and arrested um, our team member oh who went to chalk God. outside of the school. So I thought it was really interesting what length schools will go to to kind of shut things yeah. down, keep things under wraps. Um eventually like he was he left the school and you know it's kind of a long story yeah yeah but, yeah um it is well, a good super prevalent yeah um it's a super prevalent problem in school how terrible that the first response is protect this man protect right. him at all costs even right. and like, he get said rid that of to the, a child the young woman you know raising awareness about it outside of the school at, with any means possible um yeah Um, there's been a a kind of viral tweet going around and like several comedians I know posted it at the same time. So I'm not going to attribute it to anybody, but it's literally like if we learned about, um, systematic racism, as much as we learned about how bad spaghetti straps are in high school, like the world would be a different place. Or like if we learned about, uh, harassment more than we learned about, like, like sending girls home for wearing tank tops. Yeah. Yeah, no, ab- absolutely. And I think like dress codes really uh, like create that dynamic. And then the the like you're yeah. asking for it line creates that dynamic where it's like somehow girls' bodies are provocative, even if they're like 12 or 13 or like prepubescent, like we're, they're still encouraged to cover up because their bodies could be provocative in some way. Mm-hmm. There's, there's so many uh, different ways that schools have mishandled things predominantly with young girls and I know that this does happen to especially like um like young queer people as well of all genders like it's not but primarily and from my experience it was uh a lot of rating girls bodies um Mm -hmm. in school that was a form of acceptable harassment where it was saying the list of best butt in the grade. Mm-hmm. Um, one of those things that's supposed to be a compliment, but now that you're always like, oh, can I not wear spandex anymore or am I going to get sexualized? Mm-hmm. Um, and what you're saying with the policing of dress codes, it's like, if you see those bodies as, as sexual, mm-hmm. maybe that's something that you need to look at. Right. Within yourself. <laughs> right. <laughs> Yeah, no, absolutely. I, I mean, uh, I think that like a 12 or 13 year old girl should not be sexualized. Um, yeah, yeah, it's not the best. <laughs> unless, unless they want to do it themselves on TikTok, then right. go off with your bad self. I wish I could have sexualized myself and right. felt good about it. Right. That's the thing is if we sexualize ourselves, it's like <gasps> harlot. But if somebody else sexualizes you, it's like whore. You know, like, it's just always bad. <laughs> always bad um so how can you 
like, first of all, how do you access safety and how do you like tell people to react if they are being harassed? Yeah, that's, that's a really good question. And that's a really tricky question always because there's no one way to respond to being harassed. There's no, there's just no right way. Um, and there's, there's no like good suggestion either, because if you tell people, um, yeah, like tell him to fuck off, like give him the middle finger, no doubt Mm -hmm. there will be some situations where that provokes more harassment and anger. So I never want to put someone in that situation. If you don't respond, maybe that'll provoke more anger too. There have been submissions sent in where people get really, where the cat caller gets really angry if, um, the person he's harassing doesn't respond. Um, so it does sometimes feel like a lose-lose situation. I tell Mm -hmm. people to respond with like, however feels right, however feels comfortable. Um, you know, like assess the situation, see if there are people around, if there are people around and you want to scream at the guy, like do it, um, feel empowered in that. Um, yeah, I don't know. How, how do you respond normally to, I'm a brat and sometimes I'll be like, really not wearing a mask and looking at butts today. (laughs) Like that, which is like obnoxious. Uh, one time recently pre-corona I had gotten this, I was like walking in New York and this guy was like, oh, beautiful dress. And then I started telling him where I got the dress from (laughs) and how much it was. And he could have not gone away faster. Yeah. Like, so I don't know, maybe tell them about your fashions and (laughs) just start talking to them and boring them, you know, like give them the girlfriend experience. (laughs) Be annoying. (laughs) And yeah, I, I do think the best way kind of to diffuse it is um the classic don't talk Mm -hmm. to me like that and just putting your hand out there usually is like a very clear signal of like I'm uncomfortable Mm -hmm. um and yeah assess if somebody else is around so that if you have to take it to the next level you do and I honestly I love having self-defense training to be able to fight if you need to prepare (laughs) prepare was the course that we took um that's obviously like last resort Right. But it does kind of like keep you grounded. And like there is something really um, nice to know that like there are techniques as a smaller person that you can use to take a bigger person down. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, that, that can be really helpful for sure. Um, yeah, no, then again, like I always like to tell people that there's no pressure to respond at all. Like if you don't it definitely like feel it, whatever you do decide yeah. to act on, like feel empowered yeah. in that, like don't get down on yourself for like, Oh, I didn't respond well enough or um, totally. I didn't say the right thing. Oh no. If you want to keep walking, you just keep walking. But then if they follow you, this was a thing that my mom taught me. If someone follows you, you stop, you turn around, you pretend you're on your phone or something. And then you go the way that they were coming. Got it. And then if they turn around, then it's like, okay, we're being chased. Mm -hmm. And, and then, you know, a little more, but it's like, the first time you could maybe get in your head that's like, oh, are we just walking the same way or is this person following me? Right. You guys, you got to hear your lessons from Robin Casimir. She couldn't graduate prepare, but she is a great mom. <laughs> oh, that's, that's so great. Yeah. Also, like to look out for each other is really important, too, on the streets. Like when you were telling the joke say, about the other yeah. woman, I thought where you were going with it was slightly different. Like, yeah, just like looking out for other people who are vulnerable in public space, like making sure you have your eyes on the guy who maybe cat called them. Um, yeah. Yeah. I don't tell that joke anymore though, because ultimately it like 
is it it glorifies catcalling at the end of the day right. you know like it's being like no look at me which is like yeah that's the joke but at this point and what I've said about other jokes is I'm like I don't know if it's anything with an intention that's like iffy and people are getting murdered right. over it still it's like right maybe not maybe yeah. we don't do that anymore <laughs> yeah <laughs> I, I think that's a good call. <laughs> um so yeah how can we be active in diffusing catcalling if it's like happening to somebody else yeah I, I mean I think that for people who have like power and privilege in public space like this is where you come in like if mm. you see harassment happening and you feel generally comfortable in public space um you know like maybe like white cishet guys um mm -hmm. like just just say something just say that's not cool say like step in and just say that's harassment um, I, I think that can be a really effective thing to do. You can also approach the person who is just harassed, but that can be trickier because maybe they don't want to be talked to. Yeah. Um, <laughs> right. So, yeah. so I think approaching the harasser, if you feel like you have the power to do that can be cool, but also just looking out, like keeping your eyes open. If someone is like staring at someone else really grossly on the subway, you know, it, when we ride the subways again more frequently, mm -hmm. like a step in between that person and the person who's being looked at, like there, there are ways to use your body and your privilege in public space to diffuse mm -hmm. situations of harassment um, and make people more comfortable. Yeah, a hundred percent. Would you say like, cause you're still in New York now, right? Yes. Not right at this moment, but generally, yes. but generally, yes. Would you say um, street harassment has gotten worse during the pandemic or stayed generally the same or? I think what has become really gross is like mask catcalls. So we've been Ooh. getting, yeah, um, submissions from people. Like one guy said to a woman working at a Dunkin' Donuts, um, your mask is making me hard. Um, there have been a few cat calls, like take off your mask. I want to see your beautiful face or your smile. Um, mm. so I think there's so many layers to it now too. Also because maybe a cat caller isn't wearing a mask and getting too close. So then there's like the discomfort yeah. of feeling like you're harassed and objectified and sexualized and also the very real cough on me. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. You're um, making so me more sick layers. in so many ways. <laughs> Literally. Yeah, no, for sure. Especially in the midst of like the pandemic and when people were mostly inside, people were feeling really isolated when they did get harassed outside because there, there was no one around to step in. A lot of stores were closed. So normally maybe you would like walk yeah. in somewhere, duck in somewhere if you're being followed. Um, so people were just generally feeling less safe when they were harassed during the pandemic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, there was another tweet that like there's been like a lot of parallel comedians. I'm not saying who wrote it because you all wrote this tweet, but everybody was like all the uh, most of the women were like, I have loved wearing a mask because no one's telling me to smile anymore, mm -hmm. which people always think of as like the littlest harassment or whatever right. that it's just like, I'm just telling you to smile. Mm -hmm. I'm just telling you to. No, you're telling me that I'm a harpy shrew and that women exist to like dazzle you and be good for like your viewing. Right. Like I'm literally just going to buy weed. <laughs> I have a resting bitch face. Let me do it. Right. No, absolutely. It's <laughs> it's this like way of trying to control, um, you know, our expression and just like mm -hmm. our lives. <laughs> mm -hmm. I would never. I, I mean, I might. Well, no, I'm two wrongs don't make a right. But can you imagine just being like, hey, 
boy. What do you call? Like, there's no, there's no, there's so many, <laughs> there's so many fucking things that there have been like normalized to say to women. Here, pussy, pussy, pussy. Here, right. hey, hey, hottie, hey, fucking dump truck ass. Uh, my friend, this guy once said to her, girl, you're going to start a forest fire. We thought that was hilarious. But also it was like, what, how are there so many things? And I can't even think of one disgusting thing to say to her. Other than boys. Hey, hot peen, uh, get over here and, <laughs> and smile. Like what is, I don't know. I'm going off the rails. Yeah, I can't imagine saying to a guy, oh, honey, smile or whatever. Like they'd be like, are right. you fucking crazy? Right. I actually did do this to my boyfriend and his roommate like two weeks ago or when they were still in town. I looked at them, their legs and I go, ew, you guys, when the fuck is the last time you shaved your legs? And they both got like, they were like, wait, what? <laughs> that's, that's kind of great though like give them a taste of like, uh, just like what a it's little like taste. To, yeah have your body policed yeah i, I all the that, time actually. just yeah. a tiny little taste every boyfriend's at least oh remy your ankles i'm like i'm sorry i could shave my ankles and three will still sprout they will make themselves known <laughs> it's not gross it's hot um so yeah on, a, on like a bigger level we can get more involved i think um how can they do that and is there like legislation to support or any legal actions to do? So, I mean, with Cat Calls of NYC in New York, we do not advocate for legal actions because okay. I just don't think that's the most effective, um, like especially just talking about defunding the police right now and conversations around the police and Black Lives Matter. Mm -hmm. I think policing just in general is not um, yeah. effective. effective. It's, it's dangerous <laughs> um, to, to say like the very least. Um, yeah. So we don't, yeah, we don't advocate for that. We talk about raising awareness and having conversations, starting dialogue, mm -hmm. education. Um, so I do think the most important thing that people who want to get involved can do is just like read up on these stories, like listen to people's stories, take them to heart. If you don't experience harassment, like just try to start to understand like what the scope of street harassment is like in New York City. Um, mm -hmm. I mean, like holla back this organization against harassment in public space has some really great resources about like how to intervene when you see harassment happening. Um, mm -hmm. They also do trainings and stuff. So that's a great way to get involved. Um, but yeah, I mean, like listening to people's stories, sharing your own story, um, just like really starting to learn about the scope of the problem is a important first step, I think. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, okay. So I also think about like that, um, fragile masculinity one that or right is that what we're saying yeah um sometimes i think we feel like we need to hold space for those men um mm -hmm. because like you don't want to like enrage them you don't want to make them do something worse than the, what they're actually doing but also at the same time i and I, I don't think this is somebody's responsibility, but I do think sometimes it is a teachable moment um, that maybe toxic masculinity seeps into men that otherwise might not be that way at times. Um, and so I do think that there is unlearning that can happen, you know, and yeah. um, if you have a conversation with somebody, they are probably more likely to learn than just being like, you're fucking disgusting. What you just did as a crime. <laughs> yes. 
Yeah, that's true. Like, um, like having a productive conversation, being like open to that, maybe like difficult conversation. I mean, because like on one hand, it can be really frustrating to have conversations with people right. at a defend catcalling like there are people in the comments of catcalls of nyc who maybe say okay yeah it's definitely not cool to say i'm gonna fuck you but what about just like beautiful or sexy like those are nice things um and and those comments frustrate me because i understand why that's not the case but i think those conversations can also be productive because then maybe those people are willing to talk about you know actually this this story happened to someone the guy just said beautiful but then maybe he followed her or something like Mm -hmm. that um so I I do think it can be productive to yeah like have those conversations and maybe bridge gaps in people's knowledge about the issue to a point where they start Mm -hmm. to interrogate their own behavior and their own thinking um yeah I mean I think that can be productive but it puts and a lot not of necessarily on, with on like us. every Joe Schmo on the street that like, right. you know, like probably more people who are in your lives. Like if you notice that like it's a recurring thing um, and that you are comfortable having that conversation because like the conversation can be exhausting um, mm. and to make people realize that. But like, yeah, to those guys who are like, I don't understand. Like, why can't I just say beautiful? Why can't I just say sexy? Like, right. well, why can't you just say hi? Like, I think... <laughs> Hi is a fine thing. Some people would say that that is even harassment. Yeah. Because they're just going about their day and they didn't expect it to be stopped. Right. Um, but sometimes what if somebody fell in love with you and they genuinely were like, hi, I really want to ask you out. And then you say, no, I'm going to work. Um, and then it's about, I guess, their follow up. Is it you right. fucking bitch? You're not even attractive. Or is it, no worries, have a great day? Right, no, and and that's the important part because I think a lot of the fear and discomfort comes from knowing that the response could be anything from like a lot of anger to literally like physical violence. Um, So I think if we got to a point where men who catcalled were maybe doing it because they genuinely want to fall in love, I like have a very hard time actually um, believing that that's the motivation <laughs> for catcalling ever. Um, but yeah, if we got to a point where maybe they were doing it for a genuine reason, and then if they were told no, they would immediately cease and desist. Um, mm-hmm. I think that could be like a healthier place um, where, yeah, like maybe there's room for flirtation on both sides, like on the street at some point mm-hmm. in the future. Um, but like right now, what's happening is not that. It's a form of control. It's a form of like yeah. exerting power over another person, making someone else feel unsafe. The streets just sometimes look more romantic in rom-coms, yeah. you know, like, and that shit's not happening. And so I think that's what the issue is, is even with sometimes a high is like that person didn't put themselves in the situation for a dating thing. Right. You know, like say hi at a bar when yeah. that's a thing again. Say hi on a dating app. Say hi in spaces that people like want to get hit on. I just think that's like a more surefire thing yeah no for sure and a lot of people are saying that like where can I hit on someone where can I meet a partner and it's like yeah Mm -hmm. a dating app a bar like there there are places that are designated for that type of behavior Mm -hmm. um and the street is just distinctly not one of them right now it's not one of them the streets for style and masks Mm -hmm. um (laughs) like so okay you guys are very global now Mm -hmm. there are 200 cat calls of sites around the world which is wild like it's it's not 
sometimes we're on this podcast and we're like, oh, this is such an American problem. Like this is a, a global issue. Right. There have been stories of, of women, you know, like either having a like a an ashtray thrown at them that happened in Paris. Um, a woman who responded oh to a, a cat call and just said stop um, had an ashtray thrown at her head. Um, you know, and, and then with Ruth George in Chicago, um, I don't know if you heard the story, but she was she was murdered after rejecting someone's cat call. So it is like a very serious, serious um, fear that, that cat calling is this part of gender based violence at large that is very dangerous and very scary. I mean, the stories that I keep like most closely reading are the ones in New York. So like the ones mm -hmm. that stick out to the, me the most are in New York. Um, and I mean, like the one that was just generally most shocking, I think, in the past four years has been one said to a woman wearing a hijab. The guy said, you owe us a little something after 9-11, um, like kind of coming on to her sexually. And he threw what? a beer can at her. Um, so I think that was like probably the most shocking. Yeah. Um, but, but yeah, like around the world, actually yeah. what sticks out when I think about all of the accounts around the world is the patterns and themes that come about. Mm -hmm. um, so like, for example, we've gotten DMs in New York towards like two women holding hands, men saying, you need a man to, yes. you know, like you, 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 you need a man, you're not gay, yep. you just haven't you haven't been fucked by the yet. right guy yet and that right, right. Me. yep right yeah and that's been submitted to cat calls of nyc but then like super similar instances have happened in london or have happened in trinidad and tobago we have an account there um so it's just like not only is street harassment a global problem but these like notions and these themes within street harassment um for like people being targeted for certain aspects of their identity are very similar in different places mm-hmm yeah, no, I mean, I think I wonder what it says about our evolution and stuff. And I maybe we should get Helen Fisher back on this because she's like a great evolutionary psychologist. But that there are such consistent themes over the world that you could be receiving a DM from Germany. And it's the same from a DM in New York and same in the DM in Israel. Those are the only three places I care about. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Germany, Israel, and New York. <laughs> Fucking Jewish bitch. Okay. Um, <laughs> oh, Chalk Back is an international youth-led movement um, that you guys started. Um, so how youth is that youth? Really youth. Really so, youth. I mean, yeah, I would say most people involved in Chalk Back are between the ages of 15 and 25. Mm -hmm. um yeah so people who start accounts are predominantly like teenagers or in their young 20s um and so yeah we call it a youth-led movement because we're all yeah, yeah, yeah. we're all young yeah and what are they doing <laughs> so primarily just everyone has instagram accounts inspired by cat calls of nyc mm -hmm. where you know we gather submissions we write them on the street where they happened mm -hmm. um and then we share the stories on instagram but, you know, also like sometimes we do speaking engagements and like talk to, you know, before COVID, like talk to students in classrooms. Um, we have chalk back events like the one that you saw in Central Park where everyone's invited to share their story together. Um, oh, yeah, I didn't so, realize like, that was yeah. a chalk back event. Yeah, chalk back event. I mean, yeah, that was like before, I guess that was like a year ago. So chalk back was still developing. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah. Have you been getting um, more of an upsurge of m young men or um, queer people talking about their targeted harassment 
in recent years because I feel like at least boys and men have been re- realizing recently that they've been sexually harassed physically mm-hmm. as well. Um, and I just wondered if they're getting targeted um, verbally. Yeah, I mean, definitely we get a lot of young queer people submitting stories of like still gender based or like homophobic or transphobic harassment. Mm-hmm. Um, like cis men and boys, we get very few submissions um, mm-hmm. like from just like street harassment. Mm-hmm. Um, that being said, when we do get stories submitted by boys and men, it's often they're harassed by other men on the street. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I think that's interesting to note too. Um, but yeah, I mean, occasionally we get stories from boys and men um, who are harassed by women, but that's like, that's pretty rare. Um, and yeah, yeah, I do think there's a lot of stigma still for like boys and men submitting stories of sexual harassment for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, so like our platform is open to everyone who wants to. Submit. Yeah. Or feeling uncomfortable even enough to raise my hand and be like, does this count? You know, like, why am I saying right. this? Like, am I just like, am I uncool? Like, could I just not go with the flow? That's a, that's mm-hmm. what I feel like a lot of what I would get from boys uh, when I was growing up and we'd be like, ugh, catcalling or whatever. And they, mm-hmm. or ugh, someone grabbed my pussy on the street, you know, like, as, like shit like that, as bad as that. Mm-hmm. And they'd be like, well, I'd love if someone grabbed my dick on the street. I'd love right. if, you know. Oh yeah. People say that all the time. Like I, I would be so complimented by half of the things on your page. Like those are some comments that we get. And it's, it's hard to explain that it's just so different. Um, sometimes it's hard to make that clear enough. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, whether it's, and this is like, goes as far as like online harassment too. Like mm-hmm. I, I had recently had a fight with somebody that escalate, uh, uh, a famous somebody that escalated to him saying, I want to rape you so hard that your pussy hair goes on fire. Oh my God. Which is one, that's not how pussy works. Um, but like two, saying that is so harmful in so many the fact that you think you can get off saying that the fact that you make somebody have that image of you doing that the fact that you can have that image in your head and then still say I want to inflict horror on you like Mm -hmm. that's where this stuff goes if we don't nip it in the bud yeah and then it gets even worse if we don't nip it then um yeah no absolutely even those I mean yeah those words and that phrase and just like hearing that it it has like this power just like saying that it's Um, horrible yeah completely completely horrible it's debilitating um Mm. and it yeah it just makes you feel like the only value you have in the world is your attractiveness and you're getting fucked like you're mm-hmm. just there yeah. for somebody else. And it's like, that's like everything we stand against. Everything on this podcast is intertwined. And anything that you think mm-hmm. is too small or not worth it or maybe doesn't count. It's like, this is contributing to a system. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Ugh. Yeah. <laughs> no, oh. I, I agree. I'm... I've dealt with a lot of online harassment too, actually, like over the years running cat calls of NYC and it's 
yeah, just like what people can get away with saying and like the, the lack of impact or like the lack of action that they have to face because of what they say, but like the burden that we carry because of what they say, it's just, it's extremely frustrating. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And so if you're listening to this and you're like, something similar has been said to me and I always thought that it was like normal or like, I thought I was weird for being upset about it. Like, you're not weird. It's very valid. Um, and you should probably write into cat calls and they'll validate you or you can write into us. Um, and will validate you. Um, and there are laws in place, like there's the New York street harassment law, um, which prohibits anyone from repeatedly and intentionally, intentionally harassing another person by following that person around a public space. Um, so -hmm. if somebody follows you at least twice, you can report that. Um, there are broader laws about disorderly conduct that can be applied the penalty is only $250 um, and up to 15 days in jail for harassment in the second degree, um, indicated by a repeated course of conduct, which like nobody's really getting put in jail right now. Right. Right. I, I can't imagine it being like enforced also in, in a helpful way. Um, um, yeah. Most people don't report even the most serious of harassment. Um, because the institution is not there for these, for criminals to go to jail. Mm -hmm. Um, it just isn't, um, there's like, we were talking about Kavanaugh. There's so much, uh, what about him, you know, and his reputation and, and ruining his life. Um, but they don't really think about the victim. So I guess it's up to us to keep educating each other, keep having these conversations, um, keep supporting each other. If somebody says they got harassed, um, maybe check yourself when you try to blame them for what were they wearing or you're being too sensitive or something like that. Um, yeah, don't absolutely never, never blame someone for, for being harassed. Um, Mm -hmm. all you need to say ever is I hear you and that is completely valid. Um, but yeah, definitely like interrogate those feelings. If like, it's your inclination to blame someone or tell someone to dress differently or, um, do any sort of victim blaming, just yeah. Nip it in the bud and really like, yeah, think, think about where that's coming from for you. Um, yeah, and and I wouldn't, I wouldn't <laughs> blame yourself either because there are things that we like right. uh, Jay Jordan has said, it's the water that we're steeped in, whether it's homophobia or racism or gender bias or something like we have grown up in these systems that were constructed in a, in a certain way. And as much as unlearning that we have done, there is still far more to go. And so when, mm-hmm. you know, I, I don't know, I've had those moments where I've needed to check myself and like, mm-hmm they're important. Yeah. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, yeah, I mean, and it's possible to grow and have uncomfortable conversations and get to a better place. So like involve yourself in the spaces where you can do that. Um, and like, yeah, get out of your comfort zone. Is there anything else that you're like, Ooh, I'm dying to share or anything you guys are promoting right now that you'd like us to pump out? Not too much. Just, yeah. Submit your stories to cat calls of NYC always. Um, And yeah, I mean, we're looking to highlight quarantine or like coronavirus um, relevant harassment that Mm -hmm. people are facing right now, um, Mm -hmm. just because I think it's really important to to talk about. Um, 
yeah it is that's pretty much it (laughs) it really is no I mean I, I do think it's like it's an indication of things like how I started this podcast being like, ha ha ha, we're going to like even kind of semi joke about it. And then when you really get into the nitty gritty, it's like, nope, it's really very, very bad. You know, like we know it's very bad, but it is still a lot of our inclination to be like, ha ha, it's funny. It's fine. Because Mm -hmm. I think it's a kind of armor. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. Since we've all faced it so much and it's like become so normalized in a lot of ways. I, I agree. I feel mm-hmm. like it can be easier to laugh about it sometimes. And then how it's like portrayed on media and in movies and stuff too. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Yeah. Maybe we'll get uh, a, a heroine that responds to cat calling in the right way. That would be, years. that would be amazing. Yeah. I yeah. actually think the there was a documentary or film about RBG and her daughter responds in a great way to, Oh, street really? harassment so oh my God, if you haven't that seen that check it out yeah is it the one with um what's her face the new rbg one that came out i think it's the new rbg one that's like acted not yeah, the documentary felicity what's her face yes just rbg mm-hmm. okay cool oh gabrielle's writing me a note the movie is called not just rbg it's called on the basis of sex <laughs> okay <laughs> cool Okay, amazing yeah yeah you guys check out rbg i'm gonna do it too that's our homework this week and yeah take stock of like i don't know maybe stuff's been said to you write it to us or write it to cat calls of nyc um or whichever cat calls chapter you are affiliated with yeah. because we have quite the global fan base and they'll be able to find whichever cat Me. calls um apply to them um so sophie it has been so awesome having you here i'm so glad we finally got to make this happen thanks so much for having me it was a lot of fun of course can you tell everybody where they can find you guys online and do all sure. this stuff? yeah so you can find cat calls of nyc mainly on instagram um but also twitter and facebook you mm-hmm. can find chalkback on instagram too the handle is chalkback org Mm-hmm. Um, or find us online at www.chalkback.org. Perfect. Okay, Sophie, I have to ask you this question because I have to ask everybody after a sexual experience, which this has kind of been. Uh, Sophie, did you finish? <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, yes. <laughs> okay. I'm glad. <laughs> Um, I just love everyone's response to that question. I finished as well, you guys. Um, Amazing. Amazing. This has been a great time. Uh, Sophie, thank you for coming. Yeah, thanks so much for having me. Of course. Um, And we'll see you guys next time on How Come. Goodbye. It's not you, it's me. I try so hard to finish honestly. They say you'll know. When you go all the way from A right down to O Oh no I think that I still got a ways to go Oh oh I'm sick of this and I have got to know How come? How come? How come I can't achieve? How come I can't achieve? I'm rolling up my sleeves. I'm rolling up my sleeves. Oh, baby, I believe these guests can help. Cause I can't do it by myself.